Cooper Sullivan. And I'm Evan Dane. And you're listening to this week's Old Golden in Your Ears. Our first piece this episode comes from news editor Anya Pierre. This story includes audio directly quoting a fraternity email with language that some listeners may find upsetting or triggering. Listener discretion advised. If the idea of binge drinking while floating around in an indoor pool doesn't get the blood flowing to your little dicks, the chicks in bikinis and wet t-shirts wrestling around in the water will. Seriously, there's something about heat that makes girls throw all their morals and self-respect out the window. That is just an excerpt from the recent email the Delta Kappa Epsilon fraternity sent out to brothers and rushies. More vulgar and sexual language was used throughout, which upset many students on campus. The email quickly circulated across campus, and many sororities, including Delta Delta Delta, Kappa Beta Gamma, and Kappa Alpha Theta, boycotted the event. Later, Deke canceled the party altogether. Deke has been on suspension from the university since 2018 due to multiple code of conduct violations. Later that year, Wake Forest University police reported that two instances of sexual assault were reported at the Deke House, according to local news outlets. Over the weekend, and during the beginning of this week, Deke sent out apology emails to sorority chapters on campus. The release of the email was staggered. For example, members of Kappa Kappa Gamma received the email early into the weekend, members of Kappa Beta Gamma received the email Monday night, and members of Kappa Alpha Theta received the email on Tuesday afternoon. Deke's apology, however, has some inconsistencies. Copies of past emails about heat obtained by the Old Golden Black have similar verbiage but do not contain the parts about sorority women losing morals and self-respect. This is not the first time an email has landed a fraternity in hot water. Sigma Chi was placed on interim suspension for a derogatory email it sent about one of its parties in 2018. Our next piece comes from contributing writers Mingzhuan Zhu, Dexter Peters, and Elena Marsh. On October 4th, the international student newsletter pinged into email inboxes right on time. At the bottom of the email, students uncovered shocking information. Wake Forest will not provide housing for international students during the four-week winter break. Hing Zhang, a freshman from Beijing, said, If I go back to my hometown, there is a quarantine policy, and maybe I will have to be quarantined in the hotel for nearly a month. He would have to spend the entire winter break in quarantine. The decision by the school is largely financial, according to university officials. The policy lets the university cut costs in ways that are not possible during the school year. Zachary Blackman, the Associate Director of Operations for Residence Life and Housing, explained the reasoning behind this decision. Quote, This period provides a necessary break for university staff and services. Additionally, the university is able to significantly reduce energy consumption during this period by setting buildings to operate at lower than usual heating set points. The university declined to report how much it cost to run the facilities during winter break. Last winter break, Wake Forest used the Best Western Quarantine Hotel to house international students with individual rooms and basic facilities. The ISSS is monitoring results from an October 22nd survey to gauge the number of students affected. While ISSS can advocate for students based on the results, Residence Life and Housing has final say on the matter. Evan and I sit down with Dr. Lynn Yingalup and graduate student Johi Johnson to talk about the Math and Stats Center. So, uh, how about you tell us about yourself? What do you do on campus? 
I'll start. I'm an assistant teaching professor in the Math and Stats department, and I'm also the director of the Math and Stats Center. And uh, yeah, that's what I do. Uh, I'm a graduate student at the Department of Mathematics and Statistics. I'm doing my master's in statistics, and I'm also a, a tutor slash TA at the Math and Stats Center. So I do. Um, we take appointments at the Math and Stats Center. I do those, and I also do study sessions that are associated with the Math and Stats Center, and I also do grading. So those are the duties that I do as a tutor. So could you guys give us a little overview about the Math and Stats Center? What does it offer students on campus? Yeah, I'll just add on to what Joey was saying. We offer nightly study sessions from Monday to Thursday, and those run from 7 to 9 p.m., and we have um, a lot of classes represented there. So we've got Math 111, Math 112, 113, um, STAT 111, STAT 112, and then various other courses depending on demand and so on. Like right now we've got a 311, Math 311 study session, actually STATS 311 as well, discrete math, um, linear algebra, which is Math 121. So we have lots of group study sessions like that. You don't need to make an appointment, you just show up. Um, and all of that, the information about the study sessions are posted on our website and we also visit classes at the beginning of the semester handing out stickers and information so um, you know where to go to find, find that information. And then as Joey was saying, in the Physical Math and Stat Center, which is in Kirby 117, we have one-on-one -on -one tutoring sessions. And our, I've, we've got some 45, 50 tutors, a lot of them are graduate students like Johi, and they're super talented, super patient, super helpful. We get really great feedback about those one-on-one -on -one appointments. You can either just pop in and try and um, you know, get a walk-in appointment, but since the place is so popular, it's best to make an appointment uh, beforehand from our website. They can, the students can make like recurring appointments or they can make like um, a singular appointment. They can make Zoom appointments or they can walk in. They have a lot of flexibility and you know there are tutors who, uh, so when, when you are a tutor, you often tell uh, the Math and Stats Center what classes you're comfortable taking. So, they're student, th so the tutors are also very good at the classes that they're teaching. So it's, there's a lot of flexibility. You can choose whatever tutor you want. If you're choosing a recurring appointment, you could choose to go to the same tutor every week so that you build like a, a situation where the, the tutor specifically knows what you're lacking. So the Math and Stats Center is really great at setting the students up for success. And also, um, like you said, you're right, the, the tutors choose what classes they want to tutor for. And then um, the professors are also looped in at various levels. So mm -hmm. like when you come and meet with a tutor, the tutor will take notes from the session and all those notes are automatically sent to the professor. So the professor then sees that you are visiting the Math and Stat Center, you're putting in um, a good effort. If there's some comments about the particular problems that you worked on, the professor might follow up with you. So it's, it's a good idea to, um, to attend and be prepared and and, and have a good session because your professor gets notes of that. Where is it going? What do you want to see the math and stat center, math and stat center <laughs> provide in the future? We're going to take over the world, basically. <laughs> okay. We're not going to stop until everybody has a deep <laughs> love for mathematics and statistics. No, I mean that. I mean our mission is not only to help people who are struggling a bit or have you know low confidence in math, but it's also for, for students that are doing great in math and just wanna meet and do more mathematics. So um, we're really there just to help all students build their confidence in math and learn more math, consider a math major or minor <laughs> and hang out in the math department. What do you say, Joey? Um, it's not, I mean, that's one thing about the students coming in, right? The other thing is that it's really helpful for the tutors as well to like refresh on the basics and the foundations of, uh, of the classes. For instance, 
currently I am a TA for 112, um, so I'm grading STATS 112. Um, mm -hmm. I had a student, I have had students from STATS 112 come to the um, the one-on-one -on -one sessions uh, repeatedly. I am also taking uh, 612, which is basically a, a higher level of the same course. We're looking at it more deeply and more theoretically. So for me, it's really nice because I'm in the flow of learning 612 and I can explain these concepts to someone who's never seen them before. So if you can put it simply, then I really understand it well, right? So it's really useful for me as well. And I think that I've, a lot of the tutors feel this way when they have to explain things. They feel like they're rediscovering things and they find like better ways to explain it to not just the other students, but to also the, to themselves. And they're like reinforcing the subject matter. And yeah, it's, it's just a nice and very, very helpful. Um, to learn through teaching for the, for the tutors as well. Yeah, I love how you put that. That's that's such a good point. And I should be clear that we also have undergraduate tutors in the center. Mm -hmm. And if you're interested in becoming a tutor, you can apply online. We just have like a standing Google form that is um, an application. And you can fill that out anytime. Like I just review them typically in between terms and I'll contact you if, if we've got an opening for you. But um, yeah, we've got like sophomores all the way up through our master's students working in there. Amazing. So that was actually our next question, how can students get involved, but yeah. I guess you kind of covered everything else. Is there anything <laughs> else you kind of want to I just would love for people to stop by, see the space. It's a really nice space. We have candy at the front desk. We have really cool math buttons that I make here at the Waker space. Um, we're also next week, as a part of Academic Resources Awareness Week, um, we're going to have a table in the Tribble Courtyard, and um, we're going to be handing out some candy and information, so please stop by and say hi to us then. Um, I also heard that there may be a candy count guessing contest, like a you know candy in a jar contest. Oh. And we're not only going to be um, giving a, a prize for like the closest guess, but also the most creative mathematical solution mm -hmm. um, to the guess. So anyway, please come and see us in Kirby 117 um, or next week out on the quad. Finally, we have Adam Coyle, Assistant Life Editor, with his latest edition of Life on the Street. Hello, I am Adam Coyle, and I am the Assistant Editor for the Life section of the Old Golden Black. Following up on my first installment of Life on the Street, I headed to the Eclectable Shop, which is just a few minutes off campus on Northwest Boulevard. When I got there, I felt as if I was thrown into this, this labyrinth of literature and art. I was surrounded by bookshelves and paintings that spiraled in every which direction. There were stray books in every nook and cranny of the store, furniture on the ceiling, paintings on the floor, and miscellaneous boxes of magazines and old newspapers throughout. I found some books on philosophy, history, math, and science. There were biographies, religious texts, classics from across the globe, and picture books on just about everything. There was some other stuff too, like records, furniture, vintage cameras, and, and artwork. For a little while, I got to talk with Frank Fry, the owner, and that was a great experience. I could tell that he really cared about the store and his customers. Unfortunately, it's only open Thursdays through Saturdays, but I definitely recommend checking it out if you're looking for a nice, cozy shopping trip. And that's our show. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Old Golden in Your Ears, and we hope to see you next week.